Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. My name's Ali. I'm joined by my friend James. How's it going, James? Did you hear that? <laughs> you turned the lights off. <laughs> Holy shit! Yes, today we're talking about Visage, a game that compelled me to apologize to my mother and my grandmother. May God rest their souls, because I do think that this game is expressly forbidden by the Quran. I think I was raised better than this, and I think I've let down my whole family by playing this game. Wow, yeah. You gotta burn some sage in all corners of the house after this one. This game was definitely made by Satan, um, and it was sent to Earth to torture the righteous and tempt them from the path of goodness. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking down, so let's go. <laughs> but before we get into it and tell you all the ways in which I have betrayed my upbringing, uh, <laughs> of course, this episode of Zero Brightness is brought to you by you. You can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness to sign up to support the show directly and get oodles and oodles of extra content. You can also go to zerobrightness.com to find links to everywhere we are on the internet, including Bandcamp, social media, etc., etc. Come say hi. Jump in here. We're always doing lots and lots of things. Yeah. Okay, so Visage. Uh, here's the deal. I think this is the scariest game I've ever played. Yeah, I really can't disagree with you. I mean, okay, so, you know, history of scary games. What are the scariest ones you can think of? Alien Isolation, mm-hmm. Outlast, Resident Evil 7. Visage makes these games feel like daycare. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, and I think, too, one thing that should be said is because of our age, you know, we're both in our 30s. I think when we look back at a lot of earlier horror games, it's also games that we played when we were kids. So it's kind of like, first you got desensitized to it because of that. And also like you sort of associate with being a kid. So it's like the original Resident Evil 2, it scared the shit out of me when Mm. I was a kid, you know? (laughs) And so, yeah, when you're talking about stuff that's scary as an adult, we are talking about more, you know, games of the last 10 years, you know? And yeah, we're Outlast, Alien Isolation, Resident Evil 7, um, some of the indie stuff we've covered, like I said, gets really under your skin in a psychological mm-hmm. way. I think some of the Silent Hill games are still legitimately scary for that same reason, just because they get in your head, sure. you know? Yeah. But this is a game, it, it's just on another level. It's, yeah, it's just, like, scary, scary. Like, yeah. Ah, uh, man. Like, the, the amounts of stress this game puts you through. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's next-level shit. It's and, um, real. Yeah, it's like real <laughs> bodily stress. Like, you're fucking stressed out. Yeah, and yeah. I, I would say the best way to experience this game is to go in blind. Like, just, like, stop listening to this episode and just go play it if you want to be, like, scared to death. Okay, so court-mandated spoiler drop here. Um... I'm not 100% sure what counts as spoilers for this game, which is why I am dropping this in here. I think that, like James says, the best way to experience this game is to go in blind if you want the scares to have like the full effect. Like, You really just shouldn't know anything about the game going into it. 
So this is going to be like your first spoiler drop, I guess. Um, if you really want to get the full effect of this game, you should probably go play it. But I'm going to put a second spoiler drop later, and that's where we get more into the details of the chapters, how the game flow works, maybe talk about some of the story stuff. I will say, throughout this whole episode, we are very cagey about revealing scares and revealing secrets, so you could listen to the whole episode and still technically not really get spoiled until the end of the episode, but... um. Yeah, I'm going to probably just keep popping in to give these little spoiler alerts because I do agree with what James says. He is correct that if you really just want to get the full effect of this game, you kind of have to go in blind. Yeah, for sure. And I'll say this. uh, The first half of this game works really well in that way. And it's definitely worth just going and playing like the first half of this game, especially uh, if you're like a thrill seeker at all with horror right (laughs) horror movies or games if you have that thrill seeker impulse where you're like i want to see the scariest thing or whatever like you have to play the first half of this game because it is that it is the scariest game uh (laughs) and you know but when you get to talking about is it actually fun to play does the whole game hold up to that you know sort Mm. of a designation that's a much different conversation. There's a lot more to talk about because the second half of this game is not like the first half. Yeah. Uh, do, do its flaws outweigh its like it it its greatness? Like no. I think I think this one is a must play despite its flaws, and it, it has some like serious flaws. Yeah. But despite all that, its uh, its achievements uh, heavily outweigh that. And I feel like I'm kind of hoping in a year we'll see like Visage Definitive Edition that irons a bunch of the problems out. But yeah, I think some of them will be inherent just moving forward and you just have to accept them. Yeah. Well, okay. let's talk about the development of this game and what this game is, because I think that sheds some light on what you just said. Right. Okay. so, you know, PT comes out 2014. In the wake of PT, as we've discussed before, specifically in the Devotion episode, um, in the wake of PT, a bunch of indie devs were like, hey, you know, PT's gone, they cancel Silent Hills, we got you gamers, hole up, we're gonna get in there and we're gonna make the game you want. A bunch of devs jumped at it and pretty much all of these games ended up in development hell in one form or another. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I said the Devotion app that I, I was pretty sure at the time Devotion was the only one that came out and even that got yanked from stores right away, right? Yeah. But early on you had some, like the most high profile one was Allison Road um, and that was basically like it's PT. <laughs> that was like the developers mm-hmm. were like Hey everybody, it's PT. Everyone was psyched for various reasons. The development, you know, canceled, stalled out, restarted, stalled out again. And the game got stuck in development hell. Then there's kind of like a second generation of these games, and that's where I'd put Visage. Um, the two most widely publicized ones were Visage and Asylum. Um, Asylum mm-hmm. has been stuck in development hell still, and uh, Visage actually came out. We got the 1.0 version which is pretty crazy it did take a while actually the the retail version of visage is actually 3.0 yeah Um, i think it started development in like january 2015 yeah and it's had some early access releases i think 
you could play the first two chapters um, sometime in 2018. Yeah. Um, so it's had a long road um, and a small community, but I think I'm glad I waited to play it because uh, this game is still pretty buggy and there are a lot of things that need to be ironed out still. So I, I really feel like 3.0 is not the end of the road for this game. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say is that there's been some version of this game out there available to play for like two or three years. And mm-hmm. I've been tempted, but I haven't because as we've discussed before, neither of us are into the early access thing. I'm super not into it. I just want to play the game when it's done. Like, you know, show me a trailer or show me some gameplay footage. That's cool. But like, I don't want to actually sit down, install, play the game until it's done. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so because of that, this feels like it's still part of the rolling development of the game. Uh, the I played this new, you know, final retail version, well, quote-unquote final retail version, uh, on the PS4. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty good experience. I only encountered a couple of big bugs. Uh, I only no had crashes. to, like, no crashes. Um I only encountered a couple of big bugs and only one that I had to reload an older save to get out of. Oh, wow. Um, And other than that, it was just little stuff. Like, you know, you can hold items and it's a little bit glitchy. They'll get stuck on the environment and stuff. Uh, Mm. Interacting with stuff is a little difficult because the hitboxes on everything is like really small. So you really got to be looking at the thing you're looking at. Um, But overall, it was pretty polished like i i didn't feel like it was hyper jank or that it really like ruined the experience Mm. for me but i also i totally agree with what you said that i think this game is a few big updates away from being like its true self yeah uh i had a couple crashes well there were more like soft locks during loading screens uh i nervously like mashed the x button while waiting for the loading screen to finish and it like soft locked the game a couple times uh i i don't know if the frantic button mashing did it but it happened so it's also it's kind of weird that you do that also <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know and um at one point i was playing the game for a really long time and uh items just started like floating midair hmm like there was a key in the sink and the key was like floating midair. Like it was almost like T posing midair if it had arms or legs. Yeah, it's 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 not perfect. Uh I think they already released a three point zero two patch that fixed some things. Yeah. Oh, um, you know, there's some items, uh some story items that respawn in a particular room. And one of those didn't respawn for me until I quit the game and rebooted it. Oh yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's little stuff like that. But like I said, generally, it was a pretty smooth experience. I mean, it's a relatively long game. I think I probably spent like 10 hours playing it. Yeah, I think Uh, I did eight or nine hours. Yeah, and like considering the length and that's an indie title, uh, it it Mm. was pretty smooth. But yeah, it's definitely going to get better i'm i'm curious to see where they go with it um and what kind of changes they make uh interesting to just look up um because okay for the second half of this game especially like you need a guide uh and that's something we'll talk about later uh it's kind of one of my quibbles with this game i guess but Mm -hmm. like 
is interesting to just look stuff up and see that they already simplified certain things and made certain like uh quality of life changes to the game yeah. just from mm-hmm. like the last version you know yeah it, it was interesting reading those patch notes because apparently uh random encounters were much more uh they happen a lot more often in the 2.0 version and um some of the puzzles were more obtuse earlier on i read a uh an interview with the developer and he said uh it was a real battle for him trying to balance um discovery without telling the player what to do and um the player becoming disinterested because they're so lost sure yeah and you can tell you can tell yeah. from playing the game <laughs> that that was something that they were struggling with and like that's one of those things that doesn't feel totally done with the game because there's certain parts where it's like how would i know to do that Mm -hmm. and also there's there's sort of issues with like when the game decides to have an enemy stalk you sometimes it's just so aggressive and you're so lost that there's no you don't have the space or the time to figure shit out on your own that's when i started Mm. looking shit up in a guide because i was just like if i turn the wrong way I bump into the ghost and die, <laughs> you know? It's not fun doing uh, missed puzzles when you're being chased, like, in Outlast. Yeah, and it <laughs> it was funny to play this right after Amnesia Rebirth, which I feel like balanced that super well, and then mm. to play this game where it's a totally different game, but I was like, oh, you can see how that balance can easily get knocked off its axis, you know? If you swing too far to the opposite side, you get basically just running through cutscenes like something like Layers of Fear 2. Sure. Which is not fun or scary at all. So yeah, it's it's really about riding that razor's edge balance between uh compelling puzzles and um being in danger. Yeah, totally. Well, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the the first half of this game, which is a super unique experience. Um so when you first boot up the game you're like, wow, this is PT. Like, if you've played PT, (laughs) the first five minutes of this game are just PT. But then pretty quickly it opens up and you realize that the setup of this game essentially is what if you took PT and made a full, fully featured, totally fleshed out game out of PT which sounds derivative when you say it like that, but it actually ends up being a super unique experience. I think one thing that you have to remember is that PT was meant as a teaser for a potential (laughs) game that never came out. Like the final silent Hills game had it been made was not going to be like PT. I don't think, you know, like, yeah, sure. You know, it had like a star attached to it. It wasn't going to be a creepy (laughs) atmospheric, you know, first person horror game. So, This game, it's like, okay, what if you are in a house? It's very creepy and mysterious. You don't know what's going on. You have to uncover what's going on. And there's a lot of procedurally generated or randomly chosen scares that are happening to you all the time. Yeah. So, okay, this game takes a heavy dose of PT. Whatever is in PT is here. Yeah. Uh, There's also a heavy dose, like you mentioned, of amnesia. There's insanity mechanics, where if something spooks you or you stare at something scary too long, you start losing your sanity, and that will make you more susceptible to supernatural attacks. Yeah. 
the um, light mechanic also- is the same also uh, from oh, Amnesia. Yeah. yeah, so if yep. you stand in the dark too long, you go crazy, so you have to go around turning on lights and lighting candles and doing all that Amnesia shit. The candles uh, reminded me a little bit of Silent Hill 4, too, because yeah. um, it, you can light a candle in certain places and keep spirits away from you. Another huge influence on this game. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, like pulling drawers and opening and closing doors, just like uh, Amnesia. They they lifted that mechanic directly from Amnesia. Yeah. Um, the hauntings. A lot of the hauntings kind of remind me of Silent Hill 4, and I guess we'll get more into that later on soon. Yeah, for sure. And then there's puzzles like I want to say mist because some of them are so obscure, but um, there's some amnesia e puzzles. There's more like traditional walking simulator style puzzles. Some of them can get pretty tough and obscure. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's a pretty good way to sum it up. I think what makes this game unique is that it the scares and the atmosphere are so good. Mm. Like, in the first two chapters, especially, they're just so, so good. So, like, it's incredible. Yeah. when you're playing it, I mean, I was constantly going, no, no, oh, no, why would you do that? Why? Like, I was just constantly saying shit like that because it's, like, literally everything that you could be afraid of or that would scare you in a game or a horror movie, they do it. Yeah. And it's, like, so fucked up. Like, as it's happening to you, you're just like, why? Why did they make this? <laughs> like, I, I hope it doesn't come off like I'm doing some kind of, like, YouTuber who's scared of everything routine. Because, like, it literally is that fucking scary. Like, it's yeah. so... It's wrong. Like, Monica was watching me play, and we were just both like, this is not okay. This is not okay. And it's it, it, it can even be just be subtle things, too. Uh, or it can just be like overt. I don't want to even want to say it like all the things because you know, um, yeah, you'll just like see something uh, like looking at you from down the hallway, or you'll hear footsteps right behind you and you turn around, no one's there. Yeah, uh, and then there's just you know the overt like something like directly stalking you. Yeah, and so the game is broken up into, I guess it's kind of like four chapters. The first three are explicitly chapters, and there's kind of like an end game where you can do all the extra stuff if you want. That's yeah, kinda... and you can you can do the extra stuff in between chapters too. Uh, it's it's the game's chapters and sub mission completiony things are all kind of like loose and fluid, and sometimes. Uh, like in between chapters, you can actually like start parts of the submissions and not even complete them until later, and it, it's all fine. Like everything works in this kind of like fluid, loose haunted house. Yeah, it's actually something I didn't like about this game. I guess maybe really? we'll talk. We'll talk more about it later. But mm. yeah, I actually did not like that aspect of this game. But um, so each chapter is structured kind of similarly, where you start out in. The house once you start the chapter the house will kind of slowly start changing around you and mm. uh you know sometimes it's just you know visual things or it'll be structural things and every chapter usually has like some kind of gimmick and eventually it'll send you outside of the house so you'll end up in other environments and as you get deeper into the chapter and you uncover what's going on with the character who is central to the chapter because each one is like named after a different character uh, mm. that character will then start stalking you uh, as a horrifying fucking ghost monster thing 
<laughs> and it's scary as fuck. And at that point, you know, it works differently in each chapter, but it's generally like they'll appear at random times like a scare uh, or if your sanity gets too low and you kind of have to run away and you have to solve puzzles around the presence of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it works really, really well in the first two chapters. I think for me, it was because I thought that the antagonists in those chapters were super scary. Yeah. Uh, and also because I felt like the amount that they showed up and the way that you had to escape them was pretty well tuned. Like it really did feel random. And so you, you maybe got boxed in, but that was random. Like when it reloaded, you would know like, okay, well I won't get stuck in there again. You know, as long as you mm-hmm. stay in the place with exits, you could get away and make your escape. And it, it might sound like it's kind of boring that they keep reusing the same house for all the chapters, but uh, the way they recontextualize the house in each is really interesting. Um, each chapter has its kind of like own gimmick to it. So, um, yeah, just I never got tired like of exploring the same hallways, you know, and going to the same basement because things keep changing. The house is always dynamic feeling. Yeah, especially once you're inside of a chapter. I think that's really mm-hmm. like the coolest part of the game because yeah once you're inside the chapter it's like immediately things start changing and whatever the kind of gimmick of that chapter is is revealed and yeah it's like everything stays fresh and stays new and it's also cool how depending on what chapter you're in you know different places are are scarier you know so like the first chapter uh the basement was like fucking horrifying yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the second chapter I got caught the most on the second floor so I developed mm-hmm. this like horrible fear of the second floor <laughs> yeah you know? well uh, this game is also uh, non-linear I think both of us played it out of order yeah 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 um, so when you get into the house it's kind of like a hub world at first until you start a chapter and you can start I guess any of the three chapters in any order yeah. it just depends on um certain items in the house that you interact with i yeah. started the second chapter first because like there's like a real obvious key hanging by the front door and that was like i just picked it up like because oh a key you know and so i started the second chapter first and i really don't feel like it was a detriment at all because the second chapter is just so fucking scary yeah okay maybe let's talk about the game structure briefly because i don't want to talk about this too long but i didn't like it uh so Hmm. the second chapter is the best part of the game the second chapter is like a high point in all of horror gaming like the the visuals you know the the things they choose to show you the scares like so when you're in the chapter there's like we were talking about earlier there's the random scares right so at random time some of them are scripted and some of them are random you know you might see something out of the corner of your eye and then interact with it or whatever the scares in that chapter are out of control like Mm -hmm. they're absolutely out of control that was when Mm -hmm. i was like praying and i was like oh my god like god is real hell is real like this game is from hell uh and like it's super nuts and then it's also crazy because the things that it does with the house are completely insane i mean yeah you know not to spoil it but there's basically like a weird like portal gimmick that shows up and you have to keep breaking into these like new portals so you can like teleport around the house um yeah it's crazy uh and also it changes like 
you know, one room in the house, for example, gets completely changed and all the architecture around it gets changed. And it's just so impressive, um, like what they do with the house in that chapter. I love that chapter. I think it's amazing. But the fact that it's the high point of the game and it was so good, I felt like it shouldn't have been first. Um, because the first chapter is also fantastic. It's also shorter and a little bit less intense. Yeah. So I feel like that should have been the entry point into the game. Then I should have played the second chapter, which was amazing. And then the third chapter probably just shouldn't have been in the game, in my opinion. Because uh, I thought it was I thought it was terrible. But it's weird, I think, once again, to me, I thought that was weird. I thought that the ch- second chapter shouldn't have been the intro. And it's also weird to think about that someone could play the third chapter first. And I would feel really bad about that. I think that would be doing the game such a disservice if you did that. Yeah, that would be very sad. And the other thing then is in the end game. So like like you were saying, I started a lot of the VHS tapes. So basically as you're playing, you find these VHS tapes. The way they work is you play them on the TV and they give you clues for how to basically start a side mission or complete yeah. a side mission. Uh, I found about half of them naturally as I was playing, or maybe more than half, you know, and I started a few of them and I completed one. But what I ended up doing is just at the end game, I shotgunned through all of them and that sucked actually. Like Mm. it really felt like they should have been parceled out sort of like the interludes in Kentucky Route Zero. Sure, yeah. I think that would be a better way to play them for sure. Because they're kind of like uh, little story vignettes. Yeah. They might be like one puzzle and a narrative piece. And generally, they're pretty cool, but I think playing them all in a row is kind of a drag. You're right. Yeah. And so it was just weird where, like, the way I played the game was I played the second chapter first, and I was like, wow, this is the best game ever. (laughs) Then I played the first chapter, and I was like, this is great. Then I played the third chapter, and I was like, I fucking hate this, and I don't even know if I want to finish (laughs) the game. And then I did the cleanup, and I was like, this is cool, but it's unsatisfying because I'm just tearing into them like a bag of chips when they should be like parceled out as you're playing. So I do feel like the game has a structural problem because of that open-ended thing. Like I don't think it adds to the game. It being open-ended like that. Hmm. Yeah. I kind of, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel two ways about it because a lot of the wandering around and just the the random spooks that you get when wandering around trying to figure something out is kind of cool and you're not going to get it anywhere else like i don't know games like layers of fear one and two and you know blair witch to a lesser extent they also just seem so scripted you know just running through a hallway and yeah you know this one might go too far the other way which it you know probably does but um I don't know. It, 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 at least it pushes uh, in a more gamey way, you know, and less less of just a multimedia experience. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that is a huge strength of the game that it feels random and it feels like it's moving and changing around you as you're playing it. But it's also, like I said, when I got to that last part where I was doing all the side missions, like there weren't really spooks going on in the house. I'd already seen and explored everything really fully. And I was just kind of wandering mm-hmm. around and it's, so it started to feel yeah. like, 
oh, you know, this would work better if I got a little bit of this and then more of what was going on in chapter one and two, you know? Totally. It's also easy to just start the game and barrel into chapter one and then barrel into chapter two or vice versa, Mm -hmm. uh, which also creates a pacing problem. Like I was saying at that time that if the game didn't have loading screens, I would have had a fucking heart attack because it was like (laughs) so intense. They do reward you with a tape each time you complete a chapter. Yeah. So they are trying to push you towards, you know, finding these tapes and doing them in between chapters. But I just feel like most people are just going to save them to the end. Yeah. And it's also weird, too, though, because, like, there's one of those tapes that's basically, like, the actual end of the game, more or less. Like, Mm. uh, the, I think it's the Affliction, or no, the Indifference tape, which actually kind of feels more like the last cutscene than the actual last cutscene in the game, which is, like, (laughs) very weird and barely there. Uh, So it was just sort of thing where it's, like, it's an interesting idea, but also for a complete game that lasts, you know, eight to 10 hours and that has its own like arc and flow. I think having a, a more concrete structure would actually benefit the game a lot. Mm. You know, this game's audio design, like does not like rely on like stings or like scary sounds or anything at all. It's like only just throwing horror at you. Uh, yeah. It's kind of crazy like that. Like the the silence is like scary, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, let's okay. Actually, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the horror in this game, because yeah. I think this game has a really particular style of horror that I think is super fucking cool. Um, and it's like you said, it's not a lot of jump scares. It's not a lot of stuff that you'd expect to see in a game like this, you know, Mm -hmm. it's mostly building tension and anticipation and just keeping things really understated and letting your imagination do the work. Totally. Yeah. So, so like it is really startling, like how much of the game is just using darkness and silence to suggest like there's something creepy over there, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's really the power of the game. Like, if you've like I said earlier, I mean, I think this is a game that gamers, many horror gamers have been waiting for for years and years because like you've thought about this stuff for like, man, it'd be so creepy if a game did this, you know, like if there was just a dark hallway that you had to walk through and you couldn't see, you know, or like, oh, if you just saw someone standing way far away in like a doorway, you know, and they didn't move yeah. or didn't do anything, you know, it, it, it makes you want to like avoid the corner where you saw something once because yeah. it's so dark in that corner. Like you don't want to go there again. Yeah, totally. It's like psychological horror, but in a real visceral sense, you know, but at the same time, it's very classic haunted house movie. Um, maybe with a kind of like 2000s, late 90s, like Ringu type stuff too. Sure. Um, you know, clearly some Exorcist. Uh, I think there's a big uh, influence of like the first season of American Horror Story. Sure. Um, with like the the interweaving narratives of the the ghosts. Um, yeah, totally. yeah. I, there's there's a lot of you know modern and classic horror here. It, it's not all just like PT. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's I think PT was clearly the starting point for this game, but it really quickly turns into something much much bigger. 
um you know but yeah i think a lot of that stuff that it does that you've seen in other mediums like it's so impressive here because it's almost like there's no separation between you and the scares like Mm. it's in first person you're playing the game it's got this kind of photorealistic visual style like pt or like something like outlast 2 or you know like it's yeah. really just trying to be like, here's the information. It's not heavily stylized or anything. Um, and like, I feel like that makes that stuff so effective. Because when you see the guy standing in the doorway, you're just like, fuck, that yeah. dude is there. And I have to decide whether I'm going to walk towards it or walk away from it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it just has this uh, great, like, mid-80s uh feel not only with the you know the technology in the game but also the architecture of the house it it feels like a house you would see in like a movie like home alone or something like that um yeah like upper middle class like uh, and then you get to see like versions of the house like through uh different experiences you would see like a 1950s version of the house and a 70s version of the house it's really interesting how uh the house is almost a character in itself Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, and they definitely nailed that weird sort of 90s, sort of 80s, like overbuilt house. You know, it's got like a a den for no reason. And it's basically got like all this extra shit, you know, and it's a dope house. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Very expensive. I'm sure. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, But it's furnished like just a normal family lives there. You know, Mm -hmm. there's even like you go down to the den and like, yeah, there's like a Victrola for no reason, but there's also like a dopey side table with like a basement rules and like magnetic, you know, letters and shit. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like they really nailed that, um, that whole vibe. And that's one thing that PT kind of suggested that they also ran with, you know, cause the PT house isn't really like a whole house, uh, but it had that kind of eighties, nineties vibe. And so like, okay, let's yeah. build a whole house out of it, you know? Okay, now we're going to get into the more detailed story stuff. Still talk a lot about the game, still a lot of content, but this is where the spoilers are. And eventually, the ending we talk about a bit, too. So, okay, you've been warned. Welcome to the Spoiler Zone. When you boot up the game, there's like this really kind of like edgelordy cutscene. Yeah. Like literally the first thing you see is like in first person, your player character like picking up a gun and then like shooting three people like execution style and then killing himself. And then he wakes up in the PT room, essentially. Yeah. (laughs) The room from fucking PT. Yeah. It's the same shot and everything. It's crazy. Uh, He opens the door closes it behind him and you're in the house and basically you're left to explore this house um find keys to open doors traverse stuff you can you can either start one of the chapters when you find an item or not uh i actually didn't start a chapter for a while Uh, like i explored the entire house got all the keys i could before starting the chapter yeah Um, I, i i like that because i really got like used to the way the house was put together before I jumped into that first second chapter. Hmm. Yeah. See, I didn't really, I kind of, I mean, I poked around, but there were so many locked doors that I didn't understand that there was a chapter system even. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was like, it was just like, oh, do you want to start a chapter? And I was like, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> sure. And then it was like everything changed. The house was totally different. And I was just like, oh, fuck. Like, this is fucking crazy. But yeah, I think it would be best to get keys and open like the basement door and the electrical room door and some of that other shit like first. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. There's like the, the garage key is like in the washing machine in a pair of pants you read that in a note you would have never figured that out on your own but yeah it's i like that kind of stuff that was just like just obtuse enough yeah for sure uh i think that the puzzles in this game they they vacillate like between being just obtuse enough but you can figure it out and just being strategy guide bait Mm -hmm. um i think as the game goes on especially like the end of the second chapter most of the third chapter and all the side missions are like strategy guide bait too much for me in my opinion shout shout out to that weird russian website with the fucking guide on it though oh yeah dude the weird (laughs) russian strategy guide website that kept flashing me ads for immigration services and like middle-age escorts nice yeah get that ad block dude (laughs) yeah hell yeah dude well i was looking at it on my phone because like you know Mm. i just had to have it open like all the time and i was on the couch i was like man fuck (laughs) but yeah like the early part of the game is tuned really really well i mean the first and second chapters i feel are tuned very well in that regard and even like the second chapter which i played first it even gives you some shortcuts to use if you don't have all the doors open Mm. so like i played most of the second chapter with the basement door locked Oh, really? But there's, like, a shortcut, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Uh you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, so it's, like, the game is set up in an impressive way in that part to be, like, nonlinear. But, um, yeah, that that's, I don't know. I I wish, like I said, I wish the flow of that would have been better. It would have been Mm -hmm. good to have some exploration in between chapters and stuff that was, like, a little more, like, structured, you know? Sure. Um, well, I mean, not to spoil anything, but I, I feel like uh, that works into the overarching big narrative that I guess we'll talk about later. But yeah, yeah. L- let's jump into these chapters a bit. The first chapter is about uh, a ghost named Lucy. Um, so you start finding out, uh, well, the, the, the chapter kind of starts in her bedroom where you find these drawings that she drew of like... Uh, like kind of like a shadow man or something. And it seems like uh, this girl has been uh, befriended by this like shadow that lives in the house. Yeah. And you read that um, if you knock on, uh, she, she communicated with it through like knocking on the wall and you can actually knock on the wall and it knocks back and it's like scary as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, eventually you go down into the basement and you find a, uh, like a DSLR camera, like a Canon. And then, uh, you like flash it and you can like see her and it's scary as fuck. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> I mean, the way that these first two chapters are set up is so amazing. Cause they just open with like the biggest nope moments ever. Yeah. Like the knocking on the wall. I was like, Nope. And then getting the camera and you have to flash it to see Monica was sitting next to me on the couch. And she was like, Nope, Nope. That, I don't like that. And I was like, yeah, I know. It's like, it's so bad. All the scariest stuff from horror movies, they just throw at you like in the beginning of the chapter. It's fucking vicious, Mm -hmm. dude. Yeah. So like this DSLR is kind of like the gimmick of this chapter, I guess. 
Yeah. And when you flash it, you can see, like, trails through the house. And it, it leads you up to this, like, big drawing, which unlocks some kind of, like, unnatural architecture shit. You go through a door, and you're outside in, like, a park, and you go to the girl's treehouse. Yeah, you kind of, like, it, uh, you, you relive some of her memories, kind of like a Layers of Fear or Devotion would do. And it, it like shows how like this uh this demon in the house would like influence her or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, it's it's all just pretty fucked up. Um, yeah, I think there the- are some really annoying points in this chapter. I think there's one part where you're uh stuck in a room with her and you have to rifle through like all these like drawers. There's like furniture everywhere and you have to go through all the drawers because the key is in one randomly. And that was like such a nightmare. Oh yeah, for sure. But see, that's that part was actually kind of cool though, because she's hunting you during that, right? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. She's walking around, yeah, and she can see you. And like, you don't initially know she's there because you don't get like the normal cue that she's there. And so mm-hmm. I didn't know that she was there. And the first time I ran into her and she was walking around, I fucking lost my shit, dude. I was like, nope, 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 <laughs> and like ran away, like. Yeah, some of the stuff in this game, it's really well done where they don't tell you what's going on and they use it to scare you. But then there's parts where you just don't know what's going on, you know, like, uh, you know, I think a lot of the chapters have that right at the end where there's like one more thing you need to do to actually end it. And it's like really kind of weird. Like, why would I do that? Or why would I go there? I kind of felt like that at the end of every chapter, you know? Yeah, totally. Um. The uh well before we talk about the end of this chapter, there there's one more set piece that was like super cool to me. You walk into a room and like uh the ceiling, walls, and floor don't make sense. But there's like a, a shadow in the middle of the room and I I guess it's like that monster or whatever, but it's it just like stands there. Well, it's not standing there, but it like casts a shadow on you. It's just like such a creepy scene. Like that really yeah. put an impression on me as like one of the coolest like visual moments of the game. Yeah, yeah. One thing I was thinking earlier when you were talking is one thing that makes this game so much scarier than games like Devotion and and games like, you know, Layers of Fear is that instead of having a lot of narration or a lot of dialogue, which this game doesn't, or having a lot of cutscenes, which this game also, you know, it sort of does and sort of doesn't, but instead of just showing you something and having you be removed from it, this game really likes to just plop you right in the middle of what's going on you know mm-hmm. so like even like the scene where you go to a treehouse ends up being super scary um and it's because like you're literally just like in this little treehouse i feel like a different game would have shown that as a cutscene or somehow abstractly like stylized that uh, mm-hmm. it's almost like this game's lack of of style in certain ways is used to great effect in the horror like Mm. you're always just in the middle of it you know and you're always just like a body in the middle of this awful fucking thing that's why it's so scary you know sure yeah thank you for listening to zero brightness if you'd like to support us directly you can go to patreon.com slash zero brightness you can also find and interact with us on facebook instagram and discord All the relevant links are at zerobrightness.com. We'll see you out there. Yeah, you are kind of like, I don't know, you're in it, but you're also like a uh, witness to it at the same time. Yeah. It's interesting the, the perspective this game puts you in. 
Yeah, it's a lot about perspective. And it's even like, you know, some of those scares we're talking about, like, it's unique to me because most of them are not things that will hurt you or kill you or end your game, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's just because you're looking at it and you feel like you're there in the room with it. It's like very, very scary. It's super well done. Okay, so the the ending of this chapter is kind of awkward. Um, so you you end up in the in the bathroom of the second floor bathroom, and like you're locked in there, and like some things happen, and you can't stop them. But you're basically just like standing around and like waiting for something to happen, and it finally does, and. I don't know. It, it it kind of felt like a uh, like an anticlimax to me. Uh, I feel like uh, chapter two ended much much more nicely. I guess. Yeah, this game definitely has a problem with chapter endings being a little wonky. Uh, like mm. you stand there and wait for something to happen. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like th- there is kind of a general problem in this game of like interaction. You know, like for example with the enemies that stalk you like sometimes it's cool because they can grab you and scare you but once they've done it a couple times if you keep dying like if you get stuck somewhere and you keep dying it's not scary anymore and it's not interesting anymore and you're just kind of like stuck there and that was a problem i had like this game at the start says this game is hard it's meant yeah. to be hard I, that's kind of, i thought that was kind of funny but it's also weird because I feel like making a puzzle difficult is one thing. Like I can criticize a lot of the puddles, puzzles for being obtuse, but that's a different kind of difficulty from, you know, something like killing you or something stopping your game, like the, some of the awkward cutscenes and stuff. Sure. That's the kind of stuff I just feel like is bad, you know? Yeah, I, I don't think that's like unique to this game, though, because, oh, you know, no, Outlast sure. and Amnesia had that, too. But yeah, yeah. I agree. Amnesia deals with it by either making the enemy disappear or pushing you forward. Uh, this game, I mean, this game, I think the best thing to do if you keep getting stuck in the same spot is either like um, drop a candle and try to regain all your sanity before doing it or just like, you know, just keep repeating it and deal with the load screens. Yeah, and that's what I did. And the load times in this game are kind of long. Like, Oh, they're super long, yeah. They're not chill. <laughs> On PS4, I wouldn't say they're super long, but they're definitely longer than I wanted. And there's a part mm-hmm. in chapter three that I kept dying over and over and over. And I was just like, so pissed. I was like chatting with people in the discord while waiting for the game to load. So I was yeah. like, this sucks. I even, I even have it installed on an SSD. So it's like, this should be faster. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, you know, next year's ultimate edition will probably have that fixed. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Well, okay, so let's talk a little bit about the second chapter and what makes it so special. Because mm. um, the second chapter is fucking insane. Yeah, uh, sure. So, second chapter starts up, and it's about a woman named Dolores. Uh, mm. you, don't, you might not clock it right away, but it's clear that part of this chapter is set in another time. Um, the master bedroom is suddenly, you know, has a different lighting and different decoration. looks like it's from the fifties or the sixties. Yeah. Uh, and then various other parts of the house also start turning to look that way. So -hmm. like there's this whole like weird tunnel system and there's certain hallways now look like they're straight out of the fifties. They have this like desaturated sepia tone tint to them. And 
yeah so uh on top of that you're kind of like interacting with this creepy old lady who's asking you to find her baby <laughs> and that becomes terrifying yeah that becomes the thrust of the chapter is find the baby uh, find her tea and find the baby <laughs> her special yeah. tea that she gets yeah. mad at you for making her it's like god damn it what do you want yeah so this this chapter starts uh by you picking up a mirror key and looking in a a certain door uh it brings you to a room with a uh a mirror that's covered up you uncover it and it disappears and then so uh these mirrors start like showing up around the house yeah and, um at first they're like showing you different places like at first you see um an image of the attic um but you can't get to the attic yet but then you start seeing this like ghost man around the house and it's like horrifying yeah but he's not hostile he's every time you see him he's like pointing somewhere yeah he's and just then he'll really like fade scary. out it's fucking terrifying like that shit scared the fuck out of me yeah he's so fucking scary but <laughs> the mirrors too so the mirrors you eventually get a sledgehammer and you start smashing the mirrors right yeah and yeah. like the mirrors uh start opening up portals to other places so like when you break one open, you can walk through and maybe you're in a new room and maybe you're just somewhere totally different. And I think it's a testament to the game's atmosphere and horror that they're all scary. Like, (laughs) uh, there's one that you smash and it's in like, goes into a hallway that's like twisting as it goes along. And it's just like the first time I saw that, I was like, fucking no, the most innocent one that actually I actually yelled nope out loud was this one where you smash it and then it like goes outside, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it outside during the day. It's like, what is scary about that? Well, what's scary is that that shouldn't happen. It just should not happen. And the game has gotten so far under your skin. That's like halfway through mm-hmm. the chapter. And the game has gotten so far under your skin that it can show you something seemingly innocuous. And you're just like, no, fucking no. Why would that happen? Stop it. <laughs> An interesting thing about the mirrors too is that the uh, it it breaks the navigation through the house. Mm-hmm. Some of the room, some of the doors in the house get chained shut like in Silent Hill 4. Yeah. And the only way you can get to the basement is through that twisty hallway. Yeah. And the yeah. only way to get out of the basement is through a hole on the floor that yeah. you Silent Hill 4 yourself through. Yeah, this chapter has maybe the most Silent Hill 4 references in it, for sure. Yeah. There's there's one moment where uh, you find yourself in the dark with, like, a circle of mirrors facing oh outward. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, you know what? Don't tell them. Because it's so scary. <laughs> that is maybe the most scared I've ever been playing a video game. And I just want... I want, I want the listeners to find that for themselves. That... There is something about that that is so scary because yeah. it makes you think like the game is fucked up or something. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the kind so yeah, at the end of chapter 1 there's like a thing where you wait there for a bathtub to fill and then kind of nothing happens. Like this is the actual correct execution of that kind of scene where it's like force the player to stand in one place for a really long time and then like something happens. Mm-hmm. holy bananas oh my god no <laughs> that was like no dude holy yeah. shit i think i i took a break and i turned the game off after that because i was <laughs> like this is so fucked up 
Well, right after that is when you uh, go into the garage and get the sledgehammer out of the car's windshield. Yeah. And at that point for me, the house was like heavily haunted. I was like running looking for the yeah. sledgehammer. It was just fucking terrifying pulling that sledgehammer out with that like horrible glass sound. Yeah. And then yeah. You, start, you start smashing the um, mirrors all over the house. Uh, you'll you'll be transported to another place in time through the mirror. You'll get an item that will let you progress through another mirror, and you slowly, you know, solve all these puzzles until you get all these key items um, to where you can, you know, solve the chapter essentially. Yeah, it's very open ended. It's very adventure game misty. Yeah. Um, there are points of calm. So when you get back to the house and Dolores scares the shit out of you, it's really, really effective. Dolores is horrifying. Yeah. She'll, she'll, you'll turn around and you'll see her down the hall just looking at you. Or you'll turn the corner and she'll be like staring at you from the fucking corner. And it's She's, so scary. Yeah. I, I hate it. She's so scary. Or, yeah, you'll see something like, uh, quickly like shuffle under the bed or something. It's just, oh. Ugh. That made me want to throw up when I saw that. I just wanted yeah. to barf. It's fucking horrifying. <laughs> well, you know, one thing about this chapter, uh, it's really, really well paced, like you were saying. And I think part of that is, and this is a mechanic, I hope they keep it this way throughout the updates, but, you know, when you're in these kind of other world sections, like when you go outside or, or you know, when you go to the places that look like the 60s, your sanity doesn't matter at those parts. So like mm-hmm. generally when you're playing the game, you have, we talked about it earlier, this is a sanity mechanic. It's displayed on screen as like a red circle and a brain that slowly fade in as you like go crazy. Once they're like yeah. visible on screen, you're basically like about to die, you know? Uh, but when you're in certain chat or certain areas of certain chapters, you'll notice that like they just kind of go away and that doesn't matter anymore. And I actually think that works super well, especially in this chapter, because like during some of those parts, you do kind of relax. So then when you come back to the house and you suddenly see, oh, my shit's ticking down again. And then, you know, Dolores is chasing after you. You're just like, fuck. Oh, my God. Why? You know, it's a really, (laughs) really good push and pull. That's something that Amnesia, even the new one, didn't do. Like Mm -hmm. you're always keeping your eye on on your sanity and it's always ticking down which in some slower exploration parts actually took away from it i think this game yeah. does that better there's one puzzle in here that i never ever would have solved if it wasn't for a guide uh thank you russia there's this one point where you get a sphere from a baby and you're supposed to go into the garage and crush the sphere with the vice no one would have ever figured this out without the Russian guide. Okay, you know what's funny? I actually figured that out without the guide. No, fuck you, dude. No, there's no way. No, I did. Fake news. No, I seriously did, but do you know what I couldn't do without the guide because it made no sense to me and I kept walking off the edge was the fucking maze. Oh, the maze. Yeah, there's an MC Escher maze towards the end of this chapter. And you have to quote-unquote follow the music to the right door. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that that was not a chill maze at all. That I totally wouldn't have gotten. I'm not the there's two mazes in this chapter that are both really difficult that <laughs> I think most people will use a guide for. And then, you know, there's another thing like you're collecting items. 
uh, in this chapter that all go towards like one puzzle you have to solve. And it's yeah. not that it's difficult. It's just that there's so much going on in this chapter that I completely forgot about it. Uh, and then like I looked at the guide and it was like oh go here and I was like oh of course but like I saw that approximately 10 years ago when I wasn't soiling myself every 30 seconds <laughs> yeah yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I don't mind like the multi-layer puzzles yeah Yeah, but I, I did actually figure out the orb thing but there were many other parts of this chapter that I was like I have no idea what the fuck I'm supposed to do how, how did you know to put the orb in the vice to break it open like <laughs> It uh, it tells you when you get it. It says Does there's it? there's something in the garage that will help you open this. Oh, okay. Maybe I didn't see that message. I think I think that mashing X habit of yours is worse <laughs> than you're letting on. I think you do it even more than, than yeah. you say. Uh, I have the auto fire on. Yeah, yeah my, and the auto the, fire is my anxiety. <laughs> the Sega Genesis Turbo Anxiety Controller. Yeah. But yeah, like this chapter is fantastic uh did you like the uh lost woods puzzle well th- there's there's a hallway that leads to like uh four branches and uh every time oh, you go down one it kind of repeats it's like the lost woods in zelda yeah oh for sure yeah <laughs> that was a good uh image like when you first walk into that maze i was scared mm-hmm. well like, once again this this game has so many times you just walk in and you're like i'm scared scared right away like fuck this like god damn it why is it so and at that point you're like uh holding a baby monitor and the baby monitor has like ghost voices coming out of it yeah so yeah (laughs) it's horrifying yeah and that maze also uh reveals one of the games like smaller kind of like minor tricks that it uses on you which is just making you walk into complete darkness Mm -hmm. uh which is just once again it's just one of those very like basic human fears of like if it's pitch black i don't want to walk into it and this game is like walk through it asshole you have to (laughs) it keeps doing it too it does it at least a couple times in every chapter constantly Um, yeah. yeah okay so yeah this chapter holy shit man i mean this is like i really think that this is worth the price of admission alone like i can pick apart the rest of the game and we're about to get into some more negative thoughts about this game for me because chapter three is is not good in my opinion but Mm, like yeah but i think that chapter one is amazing and chapter two is like literally worth the price of admission even if you're just gonna only play this part of this game it took me about four hours to beat it uh Mm. took me like six hours to do chapters one and two and i think it's so unique and so scary and so fucked up that that alone is like worth getting the game and playing it. it and it really is the meat of the game. You know what yeah. I mean? It's that center cut. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause I think the other chapter is also about two hours long chapter three. And then I, yeah, I spent probably an hour on maybe an hour to two on the end game, you know? I mean, even, even at its worst, this game is better than something like layers of fear too. Oh, for sure. I mean, for I'm sure. not so. I'm not trying to take away from the game. I just like, okay, let's talk about chapter three. We're gone. <laughs> yeah, okay. So chapter three really took me by surprise. I was not expecting it, and I was not happy about it. Uh, <laughs> so chapter three is a lot like Outlast. Like, it's yeah, very, totally. it feels like they were like, let's pivot and let's do an Outlast. <laughs> Maybe they were afraid that people were going to get sick of the house 
Because unfortunately, uh, the majority of this stage takes place in a hospital. Yes. You, you jump back to the house a couple times, but really a lot of the time is spent in a hospital ward. Yeah, this part is in the hospital for sure. And the big difference gameplay-wise here, it's, there's a few things. Number one, I think that the antagonist of this chapter is not scary. Um, mm, yeah, you're He's right. just a dude who has a limp. I'm sorry, I'm not scared of him. <laughs> I got uh, spooked a couple times, but I mean, it was like, despite everything about him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Totally. I think also in this chapter, I, I found this chapter to be not scary at all. And I think it's because really? the scares went from procedural and random to totally scripted. Uh, there's a lot more like chase scenes and like yeah. action scenes in this part. Mm -hmm. The other thing I found frustrating about that is that they're very like prescriptive. Like you need to do it the one right way or you die. And it was really frustrating because of the load times to like die and then have to redo a part just because I turned left instead of right or vice versa. Mm. Um, and it just keeps escalating. Like as you go further into the hospital, it gets more and more annoying. And there's a part at the end where you have to run. Well, you have to outrun maybe outlast if you will mm. uh, a bunch of faceless ghouls that like i was tearing my fucking hair out i was so frustrated <laughs> at that part you know okay no oh, all right so this chapter starts um you find a crutch in the in the foyer of the house and then you start seeing like uh visions of this dude and he's like super paranoid and violent i guess he lives in the house himself like i don't know why you'd live in this giant fucking house by yourself but yeah uh, you, you you kind of every time you see him, you're kind of like locked into place until his like story is finished, and then you just see like flashes of him throughout the house as you explore it. You end up finding like a wheelchair in front of the TV, and every time you interact with this wheelchair, you get transported to the hospital wing. Yeah, uh, you find out he's like been admitted to the hospital, and he's gonna get put into the psychiatric ward, and he's like super violent for some reason. And yeah, I guess you're you're playing as him trying to escape the hospital each time. I mean, the first time you exit the hospital, you you literally jump out of one of the windows and you're back at the house. Yeah, this this part too, like so like you said that the first cutscene is like super edge lordy. Yeah. And this chapter and the end game really drove home that this game's story has some edge lordy tendencies. Mm -hmm. Uh this chapter simulates your character committing suicide twice. Uh, it also, you know, some of the side missions also have these kind of like little vignettes about addiction that I thought were kind of corny and edge lordy. Uh, mm. I also Two on the nose. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I kind of just feel like this whole chapter also. I don't know. I was so disinterested in it that it started to kind of chip away at the story as a whole. Like, we'll talk about it in the end game. Mm -hmm. um, I don't really feel like this game's story really, like, wraps up or ties together. So, it more, like, lives or dies based on, like, what's going on in the individual scenarios. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this one, for me, just being so weak and me have... I just did not have, like, much interest in it. It it really was a low point, you know? Yeah, it's it's hard for me to see the connection between the house and what's going on at the hospital like okay over overarching story like 
this shadow demon that Lucy was dealing with in chapter one, it's clearly been influencing the people that have been living in this house throughout the ages, right? There's even evidence that it's starting to influence the next door neighbors. Um, so yeah, you know, Rakan going crazy and becoming violent in the psychiatric ward. Okay, whatever. It doesn't feel nearly as compelling as something like Dolores' story, where you get to watch her like go from like a loving mother to like a completely insane person that you know kills themselves in the house. Or Lucy, like uh, this poor girl, like gets like possessed by this monster, and like her parents like over medicate her until she's like completely at the whims of this you know shadow monster. So yeah, the the Rakan whole story like. It just falls flat. Like there's no emotional uh, attachment to it at all. Yeah. Well, and I, I also feel like this, and you know, maybe one or two of the side missions that I didn't really enjoy. Uh, they also point out some of the problems with the game's balance that you mentioned earlier, right? Like where it's trying to balance telling you what to do and not holding your hand, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like, you know, there's parts where it's just like the fact that it's not giving you any clues or, or telling you at all what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, it gets really frustrating, either because you're just wandering around lost or because you're wandering around lost while enemies are hunting you. Yeah. <laughs> and that when the scenario isn't engaging and the scares aren't good, it just becomes like pure frustration. And that was how I felt playing this chapter. Um, it was... It was a real sour note after the first two, you know? It's still not the worst, but yeah, it's definitely the worst of this game. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't like it, <laughs> but <laughs> after you finish it, you, you're basically in the end game. Um, mm-hmm. so here you have the opportunity to find any of the VHS tapes you haven't found and complete those side stories. Yeah, each time you complete one, you get a piece of a mysterious mirror mask. Yes. Uh, So yeah, these are kind of a mixed bag. Like I was mentioning earlier, some of them are really fucking cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think some of them are really cool. Uh, Some of them show you new visuals and new scares or take you to places you haven't been before. Um, They're all pretty short. Uh, Some of them are like super short. Yeah, and I actually think that's really cool. Uh, I Some like of them, them are almost like basically just a cutscene. Yeah, totally. Uh, but a couple of them, like I said, they get a little bit edge lordy with the like, you know, stuff about addiction and stuff about like your character being a piece of shit. It's just like, okay, I mm-hmm. get it. You know, uh, that was Monica's take on it. She was like, okay, we get it. Uh, but. The other thing is that some of them, uh, they're just like, how would you know to do this? Like, these are the most, this is the most strategy guide bound I was in the whole game. Cause I was just like, I was, when you put in a tape, it gives you visual clues. It shows you like a room or a place you need to go. Mm-hmm. As the tapes go on, they get more and more obscure to the point where it's like, what am I looking at here? That looks like a butthole. That's like a, a monogrammed door. Like I've definitely yeah. not seen. And then I'd look at the strategy or the strategy guide. Is it 1997? Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I'd look at the Russian walkthrough. Prima uh, games. It's 2020. We use Russian walkthroughs. Prima <laughs> games is dead. 
Uh, but I'd look it up and it'd be like, you go here. And it's like, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? Mm. Tell me how the fuck I was supposed to know that. I did find a couple of these naturally. Like, um, in the supply closet, there's a vent. I found it really yeah. early in the game, like before I started the first chapter. And it was like, uh, there's nothing to do here yet. Yeah. And later on, Lacey actually found the uh, hatch on the floor, the monogrammed hatch. Oh, uh, uh, sure. So she actually knew where that was when she saw it, but uh, I missed that. I didn't know what the hell it was. Yeah, the vent one I think is cool because that's more like an actual puzzle. Like mm-hmm. it, there are clues hidden around. It's not obvious, but you can do it. But like the the hatch one was annoying. The last couple that I did, it was like, what? Like, how was I supposed to know where to go, you know? Yeah, there's one where there's, like, floorboards that are loose that weren't loose previously. Yeah. And you would really have to have an eagle eye to see that. I don't know. I I didn't watch that tape very carefully, but I don't know. See, It still seems kind of obscure. It's super obscure. Uh, And it's it's crazy, because, like, the last one I did, the indifference... So they, they each have, like, a different kind of like a sin written on it or i don't know sin might be too strong of a word but basically yeah and the the one that's labeled indifference i thought was really really cool and it kind of like wraps up your character's like personal arc sort of um but yeah it's just weird that like that for example is hidden behind such an obtuse method of actually you know, getting it. I think that's a, a bit of PT influence because if you recall, uh, PT famously had like an impossible to solve final puzzle mm-hmm. that like the whole internet came together to solve and they actually never solved it. Like some people got the puzzle to finish and trigger, but nobody agrees on like the actual method you use to. Right trigger it so it's like i remember people were like talking into their controllers and shit yeah yeah so it feels like they were influenced by that aspect of pt Mm -hmm. which i feel like negatively impacts the game's design yeah it's almost like they wanted the internet to solve it but ended it ended up just being some like badly written russian website (laughs) yeah google translated (laughs) russian strategy guide Yeah. yeah yeah it's i see what they're going for but yeah, I, I don't totally think it works. And I also, like I said earlier, I think that these would have been a lot better if they had been parceled out in a specific order in between chapters. You know, like yeah. you get two tapes in between each chapter. They're optional, but you know, like, oh, I'm supposed to do these here. And you get maybe a little bit stronger of a suggestion of where to go. Because once you find where to go, they're all pretty straightforward. Like, yeah. well, okay, well. So, you know, the, the big story is that you're like one of the ghosts haunting the house along with the other ghosts. Very American Horror Story season one, right? And so I kind of feel like wandering around, not knowing what to do is like, it works into that narrative of being like this lost soul, this spirit stuck in purgatory. Yes, and also parts of the wandering around when it's atmospheric and also when you're not being chased relentlessly, it works. Yeah. But also, it's too much. <laughs> like, there's too much <laughs> of it. And also, I think that if there are too many puzzles in the game that go beyond a reasonable expectation of the player, right? Like, 
is it reasonable to expect that a player could figure this out on their own without playing the game for untold hours, right? Sure. Like, yeah. I think the game overshoots that mark many times throughout its runtime. Sure. I think it'd be hard to argue against that. Yeah. But also, like, I'm complaining also, though, like, chapter one and two of this game are like, some of the greatest horror game even of all time mm-hmm. and they're fucking nuts and i and still like i think the reason that this stuff bothers me so much is that parts of this game are so fucking good that i just want to go and tell everybody to play this game but yeah, yeah. the game is so obtuse and so hard that i know a huge chunk of the people i know and the people of our show just will not be able to play or get into this game sure right well i mean so thinking back on the best horror games i think all of them have like some like real flaws you know yeah silent hill 2 and 1 uh you know fatal frame 1 uh so i don't know flawed horror games are just kind of like okay i give them a pass because they're so successful at one thing you know yeah i just think that this game the peaks and the valleys are like pretty extreme Mm mm-hmm like they're more extreme than I was expecting and than a lot of classic horror. It actually, funny enough, it does somewhat compare to Silent Hill 4 where like sure, it has those awesome parts and then it has those parts where you're just like, why am I still playing this game? You know, like it is kind of on that level of, of tonal whiplash. But Dude, that uh, Apartment 302 uh easter egg are you kidding me yeah that was great <laughs> yeah totally yeah, yeah there's a bunch of references and easter eggs concerning uh silent hill 4 in this game w- one question i have is what happened to the neighbor's side story i uh, did uh, so there there's there's a little bit of a collectible thing where where you pick up all these uh comic book pages uh-huh and as you do, you get phone calls from the neighbor. Yeah. And you find out that she's like killed her husband and she's like drinking his blood out of the bathtub or something. Uh-huh. And she says she's going to come over, but she never does. Do you think that, you know, with the, with the director's cut next year, we're going to get some of that or one? Yeah. I mean, I, I will say that a lot of the stuff in this game feels unfinished not in the way that we usually mean that where it's like it's broken or it doesn't work. It feels unfinished in the sense that they're hinting that there's more. Cause even like mm-hmm. the way that the, the stories don't really intersect or wrap up feels unfinished, you know, mm-hmm. like the ending of the game, it feels like, huh? Like what? I don't get how all these things tie together. And so that's, that's just another piece of the of that particular puzzle that Mm -hmm. i do hope they do more i hope there's more chapters i hope there's more stuff i hope this game gets updated so that it's it's even bigger and crazier because yeah it feels unfinished right now i I feel like they just got to a point where they had to ship it so yeah there's a lot there's a lot here and it's weird to say it's unfinished because it's you know a 10-hour horror game and usually we stand for six-hour horror games you yeah, know, but yeah, for sure. There's there are some uh, uh, loose ends here that need yeah. to be flushed out. So, you know, besides that, what would you like to see out of a director's cut in here? Uh, you know, besides also the 
atrocious inventory system. Oh my god. How did we get this far? We didn't talk about t- it yet. What the fuck? Okay, the inventory system in this game is fucking horrible. <laughs> what is it? I don't understand it. I wasted so many items in the first chapter because mm-hmm. I did not understand how to- it's like you have two hands and you have items you can put in your hands and items that you can store in your gigantic I don't know, you're wearing cargo pants or something. And like uh you're wearing Jinko cargo pants, okay? Uh-huh. And uh, so for the dynamic items, those are the ones you can hold in your hands. Like you have to hold them in your hands or store them back in your tiny dynamic inventory, but it's all done through weird button presses and like button combos that make no sense. So like you're always accidentally dropping stuff or purposefully dropping stuff because you can't get the game to recognize you have the right thing in your hand. Yeah. Oh my god, it is a nightmare. Yeah, there's so many times where you're just like running around with a light bulb in your re- left hand and a light bulb in your right hand. And you just <laughs> yeah. look like a fucking idiot, like juggling light bulbs. You press like L2 to like holster your left hand and R2 to holster your right hand. And yeah. Then, like, but R2 is also the interact button with the environment. So that's yeah. like a, a double duty button that sometimes like you want to use your lighter but since you're looking at a light switch you can't so you have to like turn away from the light switch so you can use your lighter yeah it's also weird because you have two interact buttons like you have the r2 is normal interact but then l1 and r1 are to use your items you're holding with your left Uh, hand yeah well for uh l1 and r1 it's like for for either hand right you know yeah so so you technically have three interact buttons i guess but you can't use the the L1 and R1 interact when you're looking at something that has an R2 interact problem. Yeah. Yeah. So like if lighting candles is like somehow the most challenging thing in the game. It's just like a total mess. Like I kept picking up the candles again and it was like yes. Dude, I mean, the solution is clearly to just use the D-pad to cycle through items. Like yeah. this isn't rocket fucking surgery. Like yeah. there's no reason to have like such an obtuse inventory system in this game. I don't think yeah. it needs it at all. You, you don't, don't need, need to dual wield shit ever. No. I think. Unless no. you're holding like the sledgehammer in your left hand and a lighter with the right hand. Because the sledgehammer is a two handed thing. So But if you could cycle it'd be fine. Like it would just yeah. fix that problem. Yeah, the I did the the whole of chapter three with two lighters in my hand for no reason. But then sometimes I'd turn them both on and be like, Wow, look at all the illumination. I feel uh, like you're like running around like Cornholio or something because your like <laughs> arms are up, you know? Yeah, with a light bulb in each hand. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, it's uh it's fucking bad. I would like them to fix that. Uh I would like them to just do something with the third chapter to make it better. I don't care. Retcon Recon. Retcon Recon, maybe Shakan the Forever Man could definitely get out of my face a little bit more. Uh mm. Yeah, or you know just pace the game better is a big one like i was saying i would love for there to be a formal structure to the game because i felt like the way i played it was almost like the worst way possible (laughs) unless you played chapter three first that's the only way you could do it worse but it would be great to go one a couple tapes two a couple tapes three a couple more tapes the end you know yeah maybe one or two more hauntings like if you're gonna do a definitive edition that way recon's chapter doesn't really seem like a lot because it's only one part of it it, it's not a third of the game anymore it's only you know like 20 percent of the game that's what i was saying earlier when i was like i wish there was more feels unfinished like it definitely needs to have a little bit more like okay i know you don't like this game but in eternal darkness like there are so many chapters Mm -hmm. that like some of the 
the weaker ones, especially if they're short, just kind of like fade into the background. Sure. And like the the standouts stand out. I feel like in this game, especially because of the structure, uh, that third chapter really sticks out because it's like the end, you know, or it's yeah. it's almost the end of the game. So. Yeah, I feel like if the neighbor lady comes over and she like stalks you. Yeah. I mean, that would be cool. Maybe you have to like beat her in the head with a baseball bat or something. Because <laughs> there's none of that in the game. Like, you'd never fight back, but. Yeah. I mean, if somebody actually comes over. But at the same yeah. time, you're a ghost. How would that work? I mean, that's for them to figure out, not us. Maybe you haunting starring Poltergeist here. Oh, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. This company should actually do a remake of uh, Haunting of Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh yeah! Also, shout out to Sad Square for sending us a code. Oh yeah, yeah, Thanks, guys. Is that our first code? It's our first code. Holy shit! I mean, we did it. Yeah, the next the next uh, milestone is going to be uh, getting a code that I didn't ask for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, you asked for it. So. This is the first time the begging worked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Way to go, us. Uh, but. Yeah, I I hope they keep working on it uh, to a degree that is more than the average game. Like, I hope we get more content. I hope we get more fixes, you know, because they're, they're going to be fixing, I think, a lot of the basic, like, buggy interaction, like, kind of shit in the next month, I feel like, you yeah. know. But then I want I want them to keep working on it because it's, it's an incredible game at times. It's, a, it's an amazing, like, you know, platform. Mm-hmm. And I hope and the, and the fan theories are uh, red hot right now. I jumped on their Discord and I was reading the, the all the fan theories and how everything ties together. Interesting stuff. Intra- yeah, very interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah, everybody's talking about the Mudman in there. Yeah. Did you see the Mudman? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's fucking scary. There there are a couple of ghosts that I'm not sure like how they tie into everything. But yeah, there's a guy in the basement. He like falls out of the goo in the wall, kind of like the ghosts in Silent Hill Four. Yeah, and I guess people online are calling him the Mud Man. And there's a couple yeah. times you see him, uh, but he doesn't interact with you. I think you're in a basement somewhere, and he walks left. But then when you get to that intersection, like the left way is a wall. So spooky. I thought he was the same guy that pulls you into that well that looks like a butthole. You know what I'm talking about? It could be. Um, he kind of looks like he's wearing a gimp suit or something, which also reminded me of American Horror Story season one. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's crazy. There's also like a scissor finger ghost with like a doll face. Oh yeah, that's it killed mis- me once. That's the thing from chapter one. Yeah, it was it was chapter it was yeah. Yeah, that's the thing in the wall. Yeah, thing's fucking scary, dude. It's got like a baby a baby doll face and mm-hmm. needle fingers. What the fuck, man? I think that's- Lucy killed me the most though. Lucy killed me probably three times. Uh, Dolores didn't ever get me. She never got me. So. Uh, Dolores killed me a couple times. Uh, everyone killed me a few times. Mm. Uh, Rakan was the one who kept killing me. I was so fucking pissed at that guy. <laughs> it's fucking goatee ass having piece of shit. Fuck that guy. Beat you to death with his crutch or what? Yeah. Stop beating me with your crutch. Fuck out of my face. <laughs> Give me my jaw back, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I... I I think you kind of said it best earlier where it's like, despite everything, this game is a must play. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, why I'm objectively uh, giving it four and a half stars. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like it's up and down. It's got high highs and very low lows. But mm-hmm. especially, especially if you were intrigued by PT and wanted a whole game like this, or if you're just a horror thrill seeker, like if you've been looking for the scariest thing that will make you pee your pants, this is it's it. Mm-hmm. It's here. Put on a swimsuit, pee yourself. Put some plastic on the fucking couch. Get ready to pee pee everywhere because this game is fucking scary as shit. We haven't had a gamers pissing themselves joke in a while. Oh man, that's like the original zero brightness joke. Thank you. Yeah. Y'all still out there? Y'all still do pee pee pants? What's up, gamers? Whoa.